right, so tonight is the last night that I'm going to be preaching on this topic. Uh, what is the point? What is the point? This is a series we're doing on the parables. Parables are stories that Jesus told um, to, to sometimes um, give us a new a theological kind of perspective. Uh, Jesus answered questions. People would ask him questions, and he'd answer back with a new question, a story, a, a kind of a, an odd story sometimes. And so we're discovering what these are all about because Jesus told them a lot. And so uh, we're trying to learn. So if you have your Bibles with you, um, even if it's on your phone, uh, whatever it is, I just ask that you don't be scrolling Instagram or, or Twitter or Facebook on your phone, that we pay attention. Give me 25, 30 minutes of your time and your attention, and then we can play and uh, have games. We got cupcakes afterwards uh, because not for any birthdays or anything, we just have extra. So <laughs> let's go. Um, but give me a few moments, and then we're going to learn something today because God is good. Amen. So Luke uh, chapter 6, Luke is kind of towards the back of your Bible. It's the third gospel. We're going to be in chapter 6, verse 39 through 49. Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through 49. And if you don't have your Bibles, it's okay because Jesus, when he was telling these stories, he was just speaking to people out in town and out and all that kind of stuff. So while I'm reading it, you can pretend like you're one of those people that Jesus is talking to, and we could try and figure out what Jesus is trying to tell us. Amen? So Luke chapter 6, verse 39 through 49. And he also spoke a parable to them. He said this, A blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Have you ever heard that phrase of the blind leading the blind? It's funny, a lot of like the really like kind of smart phrases we have in today's society, they come from the Bible, <laughs> and, and we don't really r- realize it, and it's, it's kind of interesting. There was, I posted something on, oh, potty break, uh, I posted something on Instagram the other day where there was this quote, and someone quoted it, and it said anonymous, and then it, it was definitely just a, from the Bible, and someone said, so good, you might as well been, have been from the Bible. <laughs> so, anyways, a blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Can we agree on that? The blind can't lead the blind. Jesus says, will they not both fall into a pit? That's what I should have done for our game tonight. Blindfolded you guys and had you lead yourselves around the room. <laughs> then he says, a pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take out the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck in your brother's eye. For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor on the other hand there is a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is done by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man, out of good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Well, okay, there's a lot. But then he calls. He keeps going. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Right, right, we've been there, like, I love God, I go to youth group, it's so awesome. And then we go to school and we're acting like totally different people. Like, what? Who are you? Some of you, like, would be terrified if I walked onto your school campus. 
because you're like, oh, I don't want you to see me like this, you know. That was me. When I was in, like, middle school, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in church. I serve all the time. And then I was, like, trying to fit in with the cool crowd in school and doing everything everybody else did. And if my youth pastor ever showed up to my school, I was like, I don't know these people. I, I don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> right? Because um, we try to live this kind of, like, two life. But the Bible says we can't serve two masters, right? Jesus says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and does not act accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. Or in some translation says, built a house on the sand. And the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed. And the ruin of that house was great. So there's a lot here. This one was kind of interesting. I feel like Jesus jumped from topic to topic to topic to topic throughout this. Right? He says, blind, blind leading the blind. And then he goes to about a speck and a log in your eye. And then he goes to... Uh, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. And then he keeps going and he says, well, uh, if you listen, if you hear what I say and you listen to me, it's like you're building a house on solid ground. And if you don't, it's like you're building a house on the sand. It's like four topics all in one kind of story. What is Jesus trying to get at, right? And so I've kind of broken these down and we're going to explore them for the next couple of minutes. And then and we'll get to hang out afterwards, Okay. But like I said, if you give me the next couple of minutes, I believe God is going to speak to us. It's going to do something awesome in our hearts. Um, and it'll shape us. And it's good because we're trying to be like Christ every single day. So the first thing, what Jesus says, a blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Will they not both fall into a pit? What Jesus is trying to get at here is the idea of wise counsel. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I say wise counsel? Wise counsel is a fancy way to say getting good advice from someone who's worthy of giving that good advice. Does that make sense? So a while ago, there was, a, there was uh, someone who was talking to Danielle and I, and they were having relationship problems, right? Whatever that means in high school, right? <laughs> having relationship problems. And so Danielle and I were like, one, we're like, oh, you shouldn't be going through this, right? This is why I, I it's up to your parents, but I tell you all the time that just don't date until you're like 18 because you get into all sorts of messes. But anyways, um, that's besides the point. So they come to us and say that we're, they're having relationship problems, whatever. That, and something that we notice is that this person was constantly going to their friends who weren't even in relationships, who had never really been in a good one, and asking them for advice <laughs> on their relationship. Which is like, what? It's like if Danielle and I were having, which we're not, thank God, but if we were having like marital problems, like if we're struggling in our marriage and we came to one of you junior hires and was like, we're struggling, can you help us? You try your best, but like that's, that's not wise counsel. Not that you're not wise, but you're not wise in that area. Right? And so what, what, would, what should Danielle and I have done? Go to someone older than us who's had more years of a healthy marriage and been like, hey, can you help us? Like, what has worked for you? What are we doing wrong? 
right? In some cases, you see a marriage counselor. I don't know. But you go to wise counsel, right? And so this is my, my plea to you that if you're going through something, don't go to your friends about everything because most of the time your friends don't know what they're talking about. I'm just cutting it straight, right? You're like, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling. One of the things is like, oh, man, I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm all stressed out. Don't go to all your friends that are stressed out all the time too, <laughs> right? Like, hey, can you, I'm just really anxious right now. Can you help me? And your friend's like the most anxious person you've ever met in your life. And they're like, yes, of course I can help you. No, they can't. So who should you go to? Someone who is like peaceful all the time. And not to say that they don't struggle with other things, but if they don't struggle with, an anxi- with anxiety or they've, or they've struggled with it in the past and have overcome that and find, found, found a place of peace, maybe go to that person. And be like, hey, can you help me? <laughs> like, you know, I'm really struggling here. Does that make sense? Wise counsel. Here's another thing. One thing I see a lot in this when I was your age, and I see a lot in, in, in you guys as well, is sometimes we make the really bad mistake of trusting our friends more than we trust our parents. Right? And so you're, I know you're at the age right now where you're like, my parents don't know what they're talking about. They don't understand me. Yes, they do. You don't think your parent was 13? <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I thought my, my parents were just like born at 20. Like, like they never went through middle school. It's like there's no way they went through this. My parents never even saw anything like this, right? And so we get in, the, we get in our heads that oh, my parents just don't understand. They can't relate to me. They don't get it like my friend does, right? And our friends are leading us into, like it says, if the blind leads the blind, won't they both fall into a pit? So our friends are leading us all the way to the pit, and our parents are like, hey, there's a pit right there. Or our pastor's leader, youth leaders are like, hey, you should, probably shouldn't go over there. You're like, no, trust me, my friend, she's 12, she knows. <laughs> right? And so when we're going through stuff, when we're struggling, we should go to our youth leaders, our, go to our youth pastors, go to our parents, right? Because they know what's best for us, Right? And I know everybody's circumstance is different. Some people are blessed with awesome parents, and some people are blessed with parents who might not be present, and maybe you're being raised by an aunt and uncle or grandparents. But the people that love you the most in our adults, go to them. Okay? Because they're not going to lead you into the pit. Find someone who you want to follow, and then follow them. But don't look at, like, right now. Don't be like, I want to follow my friend because they're cool, (laughs) right? No. Think about the future. Like you see someone, like your parents, or you see an older person, you're like, man, their life, like they, I don't know that they have it all together, but it seems like it a little bit. (laughs) So then I'm going to, I'm going to follow them. Does that make sense? Wise counsel. The second thing that I think Jesus is trying to show us here is this idea of hypocrisy. That's a big word. Do you guys know what a hypocrite is? It's someone who says they're like one way, and then they they live a completely different other way. Does that make sense? So Jesus is saying, why do you focus so much on the speck in your friend's eye when you've got a big old log in your own eye? And we do this a lot as Christians, unfortunately. I mean, everybody does, but we do this a lot, and it gets pointed out a lot. You hear people like, I don't go to church because church is filled with hypocrites. Well, here's the thing. The world's filled with hypocrites. (laughs) People often are hypocrites. So you're going to find some of those in the church for sure. But we got to try our best not to be that, right? And so what that means is like, look, my friend might be messing up. 
My friend might be doing something that's wrong. But I'm not going to constantly focus on their wrongs when I got stuff I got to deal with. And that's a whole, going back to the number one thing, that's a whole other reason not to go to your friend with all your problems. Because you both are like hitting each other with your logs in your eye, right? And trying to figure this whole thing out. And someone else is like, hey, like I can help you, right? And so if, if you go to some, your parents or a pastor or a leader, and your friend goes to a parents pastor or leader, maybe you guys could both become better. And then you look back at each other and you're like, oh, wait, you got that log out of your eye, girl? <laughs> What? You're like, I know, it's a new look. (laughs) Right? So we shouldn't focus on what everybody else is doing wrong. Let's focus on how we could be better. Even in relationships, you're in a friendship, right? And you're you're like, oh, my friend just doesn't like, they're not as good of a friend as they should be, right? Or they just don't understand me, whatever. But you think about it, maybe maybe there's something you got to work on too. Right, and this is something I found in marriage. Danielle and I've been married for five years now. Holler, whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, but and I'm not, we're not experts on marriage. It's been five years, but we're trying our best. But something that we've we've noticed is that I don't need to tell her how to be better all the time, and she doesn't need to tell me how to be better. I just got to figure out how to be better myself, and she'll figure out how to be better, and we'll find we'll meet each other in the middle, right? And it, and sometimes she'll come to me like, "Hey, Breck, what what am I doing wrong?" And then I'll be like, "Gracefully, well." <laughs> Right? Or, or, or I'll go to her and Danielle, like, what am I doing wrong? Right? But it's a different approach than being like, you're bad at it. Right? Does that make sense? So focus on, focus on what God's trying to do in you. How is he going to change you from the inside out? We're going to be countercultural, okay? This is, this is what the church is all about. We are countercultural. If culture is going one way, we should oftentimes find ourselves going the exact opposite way. So here, here's my countercultural mandate for us. <laughs> it's a big word. I'm going to critique myself and serve others. Instead of critiquing others and asking them to serve me. Right? So the world tells you to focus on everybody's wrongs and then be all about yourself. What is my school doing for me? What is the church doing for me? What is, what, what, right? what, is my te- what are my teachers doing for me? What are my parents doing for me? Is this the best decision for me? For me, 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 right? We live in a, in a culture and in a world where everything is about me. What if we changed the script and made everything about you? From your perspective, somebody else. Made everything about them. Made everything about like, hey, th- this is why inviting people to church is so hard because it's your thing. Oh, but that's like my thing. Like, church is good for me. I've found, pl- I've found a home in church. Youth group is good for me. I've got good friends. It, it helps me. Instead of thinking, man, this could really help them. This could really be good for them. Right? So culture tells, tells us to, to critique everybody else and then find out what's best for me. Follow your heart. Follow your gut. Right? All these advice that we get that sounds good, but it's not. We got to find out how to live for a purpose that's bigger than ourselves. So what I do is I focus on how, how can Jesus change me? How can Jesus transform me? How can I be more like him? And then how can I serve others? Right? That's how we overcome this whole <laughs> hypocrisy thing. And okay, so then we go down to the next portion 
For each tree is known by its fruit, right? Jesus says, for there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor on the other hand is there a bad tree which produces good fruit. What he's basically saying is you're never going to roll up to an apple tree that has oranges on it. This just ain't going to happen. If it's got oranges on it, guess what? It's an orange tree. <laughs> if it's got apples on it, what kind of tree is it? Right? So if you're angry and bitter and jealous all the time, does that make sense? Or if you're, if, if you're filled with joy and you're loving and you, and you found peace and all these different things and, and you're kind, maybe that's the type of tree you are. Does that make sense? And so, so we have to, we, if, there's, if there's issues in our life that we notice, like, oh, I'm angry all the time. I'm, I'm short-tempered a lot. I'm not patient. I'm doing all these different things. Right? Then we got to check ourselves. That's the other thing culture tries to tell you is that your circumstance is making you that way. Right? It's like, oh, you know, you, they're just out to get you and they're doing this and everything. It's all about how everybody else is hurting you. Right? Culture wants us to be victims. And sometimes we get wronged. But we're not victims. We're victors through Jesus. Right? So it's not about how everyone's doing me wrong. It's about, wait, 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 wait. I'm, maybe I'm not, not doing something right. Maybe my heart's not in the right place. Because Jesus was whipped, tortured, put on a cross. And the people who did that to them, he looked them in the eyes and, he, and, then, he, and then he prayed to God the Father and he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's heavy. Jesus wasn't like, they did this to me. <laughs> right? Jesus was like, oh man. God, would you save them, forgive them? They don't even know what they're doing. Right? It's a different perspective. So the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we got those things, man, we're doing good. We don't always have those things. Sometimes, here's the opposite. If you find yourself in a place where you have hate, depression, Anxiety, impatience, rudeness, evil, disloyalty, harshness, anger, lashing out, impulsiveness. We got to check out the tree. <laughs> right? And I'm not saying that like having moments of anxiety, moments of depression, moments of hatred or whatever. I'm not saying that that makes you a bad person. It's not. But, but here's what it is. <laughs> we got to check out what's going on in here. Not necessarily what's going on outside of us, right? Because oftentimes we try to do that. Well, they just made me that way. They made me offended. They made me depressed. They made me anxious. No, that's coming from inside of us, right? So we got to find love. We got to find joy and find peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Right? And, and the cool thing is that they're, they're opposites. What's the opposite of hate is love. What's the opposite of depression is joy. What's the opposite of anxiety? It's peace. What's the opposite of impatience? Patience. What's the opposite of rudeness? Kindness. Opposite of evil is good. Disloyalty, faithfulness. Harshness, gentleness. Right? Anger, lashing out, impulsiveness, self-control. Does that make sense? So what kind of fruit is in our lives? We've got to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Okay, number four. 
So we've, Jesus wants us to seek wise counsel. He, he doesn't want us to be hypocritical. He wants us to bear good fruit. And the last one, he wants us to be obedient. Here's something that I found that was really awesome. In the Ten Commandments, it says to honor your father and mother. And I've always thought, why would we do that? <laughs> Especially when I was younger. Why would I do that? You know, What if my parents don't know what's best for me? But they do. But I was thinking about it the other day. And I think God asks us to honor our father and mother. What One, because it's good. But two, because it teaches us how to be obedient. How we ever expect to be obedient to God if we can't even be obedient to our parents. Right? That's like a big reason for fasting. You guys ever heard of fasting? Sometimes you fast food. Fast food. Not fast food, but you fast food, right? So you don't eat, eat for a little while, and, and, uh, or you don't eat certain foods and you pray, right? Or sometimes you fast something else. Like I've seen people fast social media and other things. The reason you do this is because you practice saying no to yourself. So that when temptation comes, you could say no. Right? Simple as that. So obedience. So Jesus says, if you, if you hear me and you do what I say, it's like you're building your house on a solid ground. Right? We live in California. There's always a chance of an earthquake. <laughs> but high-rise buildings and a lot of your houses are built so that they can withstand the earthquake. A lot of places in other places of the world aren't. Right? We hear of devastating earthquakes in other places where whole communities crumble to the ground because they weren't built uh, for that type of thing. Right? And so Jesus is saying, if we... Uh, hear what he's saying and we do it, we're building our house on solid ground. But if we hear what he says and we don't do it, we're building our house on sand. And as soon as the storm comes, as soon as bad, bad things come, as soon as, as, as trouble comes our way, we crumble under the pressure. Right? So if you do what he says, it will work out. It will. Even if it's, it's not cool. A lot of what Jesus is asking us to do is not cool culturally. But it's good, and it's good for us. I like to use the example of like eating brownies every day. Brownies are really good. I like brownies. Who, who likes brownies or cookies? Or We're going to have cupcakes tonight. But I like that stuff. It's good. But if I ate it every single day, is it good for me? But does it taste good? So then that... So then that means what seems good to me can't be an indicator of what actually is good for me. How I feel about something is not an indicator on whether it's good for me or not. On the opposite, raise your hand if you love broccoli. Okay, a lot smaller portion of you. Put your hands down, come on. <laughs> but listen, if your parents were like, you're going to eat broccoli for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you're like, "Woo!" <laughs> no, you're like, What? We can't throw, like, a pancake in there at some point. But if your parents, like, you got home tonight, your parents are like, hey, we're putting you on a diet. We're going to live healthy. You'd be like, no. <laughs> but it's good for you. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily taste as good, but it's good for you. So sometimes we got to get out of our head and get back to the book. What's actually good for me? Right? It's not an indicator of what I think is good for me, what I feel is good for me, whatever. This will tell us. Or, go back to number one, wise counsel. <laughs> our parents, our pastors, our leaders, right? You might be looking at the world and you're like, well, this is how it's supposed to be. And if one of us, your leaders, your pastors, your parents are like, no, that's not how it should be. And you're like, no, you're not right. 
maybe take a step back. Maybe you're asking for brownies every day. And we're trying to tell you that, you know, I know you, brownies taste good right now. But if you eat brownies every day, you're not going to live very long. And so we're, we're, we're trying to, uh, us adults, oftentimes we're trying to look at the long game for you. What's going to be good for you in the long run? Not what's going to make you happy just for a moment. Amen? So that's what Jesus wants for you. Jesus wants a life that is fulfilled. He doesn't say that there's not going to be hard times in life. He doesn't say that we're not going to go through some hard things. He doesn't say that there's not going to be suffering in life every once in a while. But he promises that he'll be in the storm with us, that he'll lead us and he'll guide us. And though we walk through the valley of the shadow of doubt, we will feel, fear no evil for he is with us. Amen? And so let's trust God and let's get our friends here because they can experience Jesus too. And so we go into our schools, we go into uh, our homes and wherever we're at and we see a dark world, but we have the answer. We have a hope and his name is Jesus and he wants to encounter you and he wants to love you and he wants to change you from the inside out. And so we got to listen to him, read our word, be here on Wednesday nights, be here on Sunday mornings uh, to be at church and invite your friends. Amen? God is good. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for tonight. You're awesome. God, the way you teach us, the way you love us, God, we, we don't even deserve it. But we, we appreciate it, God, and we, we take the time to be here on a Wednesday night, to be here on a Sunday morning. And even on our own time, God, to read your word and to pray and to worship you because you're good. So God, change us from the inside out. Your will be done in our lives, not our own. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.